Welcome to the Live Your Dance Podcast. My name is Molly King, and I'm a former corporate working girl turned author, dancer, and coach. Each week we come together to celebrate someone who has found their metaphorical dance and listen to their insights in order to inspire you to find and live your dance. Thanks for tuning in and joining me today. Now, let's dance. Hey guys, this episode is chock full of good stuff. Mary Warrington pulls out all the stops and lets us into her backstage view of how exactly she quit her job and became a full-time food blogger, what motivates her to be a food blogger, how she overcomes doubts and challenges, and even how doing this work has led to a greater sense of self-awareness and finding out what she really needs and wants in her own life. Anyway, this is going to be a great episode. I apologize in advance for some of the audio issues that we had, but I'm actively working on making the audio better for the show. So thanks for hanging in there with me. There's so much good content. And without further ado, let's get into it. Well, welcome to the Live Your Dance podcast. This is take two of interview with Mary Warrington, and hopefully our technical difficulties will be null this time. Um, Mary, thanks for being on the show. I'm so excited to get to catch up with you. Thanks, Molly. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Well, Mary and I go back all the way to college. We played volleyball together. But since then, I've watched her blossom online. She's a very prevalent food blogger and has a beautiful website and online presence. If you haven't checked out thekitchenpaper.com or the kitchen paper on Instagram or Facebook, you definitely should right now as you listen because it's very delicious looking and I want to eat every picture you post Mary so good job that's the goal thank you (laughs) well done so Mary tell me a little bit for those of the listeners who don't really know you can you walk us through the after college process into I know you had a job before this was your full-time gig but how that process kind of transpired yeah so after college you know I didn't really know what I wanted to do, so I kind of bounced around between a few things that I knew were going to be my lifetime careers, um, and I found myself, you know, during during my main job after college, um, thinking about food blogging all the time, and I started a blog just for fun. I was blogging at night after work, and, um, you know, only my family was reading my blog. After a year of being in that job that I you know, knew it wasn't going to be forever, I decided to kind of take that leap, and um, I quit that job. I made a plan for blogging. I did a lot, a lot of research on other food blogs, blogs in general, how they make money, how they, you know, make it into a full-time career, Yeah. and I, I made a plan. I made a list of resources to help me learn what I was missing, and kind of a, a step-by-step plan of, like, this is how I'm going to be a professional food blogger, and then I started working through the list, you know, learning better photography, optimizing my site better, um, just stepping my game up, really, so that I could start making some money. Man, how long did that take for you to go from just figuring it out to a point where this actually sustains your, your lifestyle? A while. I mean, food blogging, I think 
blogging in general, for the most part, is not a get-rich-quick kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, seriously, the first month, I probably made $10, and I was psyched. Second month, I think I made, like, $20, and I was psyched. Absolutely. Um, well, tell me a little bit more about your mental shift. How did you go from, I mean, I know you were doing this kind of in the background, which I love, and I love the hustle that you were just, you know, you come home from work and this was honestly your passion, which is super cool. And, um, but, you know, a lot of people are actually in that same position where they don't like what they do and maybe they do have something that they enjoy more, but what was it that actually, you know, was there a light bulb moment or was it just a process, like a slow atrophy of I hate this, I hate this, I hate this enough to make you move? <laughs> like, what was what was that for you? For me, you know, it's kind of hard to pinpoint one thing. It, it, I'm tempted to say it was almost that I, like, didn't really have any other choices. Like, I mean, obviously, I could have stayed in that job, I guess. But for me, I didn't feel like that was an option because I knew I didn't love it, and I just wasn't willing to keep, you know, putting myself into a situation I didn't love, and I'm, I'm really grateful that, you know, I've been saving money, so I was in a financial position to actually take that leap, you know, at least for a little while, and um, I was familiar with all these, you know, kind of new entrepreneurial books, you know, like Tim Ferriss and, and all those guys, and, and so I kind of had those, you can do it, like, you can make a business, you can do whatever you want, ideas. Floating around in my head, and I had a really great support system of people that were like, you know, yeah, absolutely, do do what you want. Like, don't worry about having to have a traditional job and make that money. You're young, just do it, whatever. So, you know, I didn't encounter a lot of resistance from my, you know, close friends and family, which was which was nice because I actually maybe have been brave enough to do it if everyone around me had been like, oh no, that's reckless. So yeah. Definitely. You know, surrounded by the right people, the right attitude. That's a huge component. I think people overlook is realizing that that community or that nucleus of support actually really does make a big difference when you when you don't believe in yourself to have someone else say, No, it's okay, you can do this is uh, Absolutely. really powerful. I'm so glad you had that. Tell me a little bit now about I mean, how have your beliefs about your work changed? What's what's kind of like your fundamental values when you think about work and how it should feel or what it should be, what it should consist of? Yeah, so, you know, maybe about eight or nine months ago, I was taking a really short online class from Jessie R. T., who I met at a conference last year. She has a, like a fashion blog, Island um, Kepler, I think it is, and so she was doing this course on, on you know, how to blog better and blah, blah, blah. And her main point, at least what I took away from it, is that you have to be useful. And, you know, so I'm a little bit selfish, but I don't think I really had that intent at first. I was like, oh, I want to make money doing whatever I want to do, you know, with a flexible schedule for me. And it was very much, you know, me. So 
shifted my perspective to like, oh, I can actually provide something of value to other people that will enrich their life. And because of that, I can make a living and support myself. And so, you know, that's really my mindset these days. It's like, okay, what can I do that's actually valuable, potentially helpful for other people? And I love it when I, like, I get comments on my blog with people that are like, I never cook because, you know, it's too scary, but you made this accessible and it was so good and I'm inspired to, like, eat healthier and, you know, not eat out and blah, blah, blah. And that makes my day. If someone has, like, been inspired enough to start cooking, which I think is really important, then my job is done. That's, yeah, that's a really, really insightful mind shift, I think, for a lot of people. It's not really about just doing whatever you want to do all the time, which at first, it, I think I was in the same camp, and uh, and a lot of people are. So that shift to yeah. service and outward thinking is, is huge. Um, yeah. So, yeah, going to the food side of it... Um, how in the world were you inspired to, I mean, were you just always in love with food or like, what is it about it that inspires you and keeps you in it every day? <laughs> I have definitely always been into food. I'm uh, <laughs> a huge eater. I mean, I don't know if you ever remember eating with me in college, but like, I remember going to to the dining hall and people just being amazed at like how much food I would put down. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. I love to eat. And I, you know, all through middle school and high school even, if I you know, didn't want to do my homework or I was stressed out or feeling down or whatever, my go-to thing was to bake. I would just go to the kitchen and I would bake stuff. And um, that's never gone away. I just, I love being in the kitchen and cooking and making things. And I'm not, I don't really consider myself to be like a fancy foodie. Like I don't necessarily know all the latest trends and use the fanciest ingredients, but I've kind of made that into my brand of like accessible, real food. Yeah. You know, making things that taste good but aren't pretentious. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think a lot of people, and I know actually a really good friend of mine who's severely daunted by the online marketing and, you know, the website and the all of that. Was that something you already had in your back pocket or did you kind of do a self teaching? course just to get yourself competent on that side of it too yeah so talking about like the technical aspects of like building a website that's something I kind of um built up on my own my mom is a a web designer so she made my first site and then I learned it's wordpress based and my my site still is wordpress um and so I got really familiar with wordpress and then started teaching myself some coding on the side at that job that I was like that's not my thing. I would, you know, do, like, online coding programs that nice. are free, that are great. Yeah. So I do, I have the technical aspects, which is so great, because I don't have to pay anyone to, like, keep up my website. Yeah, that's um, huge. And for the marketing and other stuff, I really, I guess the one resource that was the most helpful for me, also kind of on the technical side, was Food Blogger Pro from the Food Blog Pinch of Young. Oh, right. They, yeah. They run this awesome program. It's basically like online video courses, and it actually launched February 1st, like two weeks after I decided to start the Kitchen Paper, like, for real. So it's perfect timing. I worked through all their videos, which range from everything, like, super basic, like how to set up WordPress, which, you know, I already knew, to the marketing side, and it's very food blog specific, um, 
not that other people can't benefit from it. It definitely has, has lessons for everybody, but I worked my way through that, and that is how I learned so much about, you know, getting my stuff out there, making it look good, photography, um, networking in the, in the online world. So I really credit them with a lot of my, my current knowledge. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. There, I mean, that's a, a really big point that I like to make in my book and in my work is just that there's so many answers online if you, like you did, if you take the time to go seek them out, you can really learn just about anything online. I mean, and even if you have to pay for a course, they're usually pretty reasonable and you learn yeah, a ton. Yeah, absolutely worth it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, tell me a little bit about I'm sure this hasn't all been sprinkles and frosting along the way, but were there any big challenges that you've faced and, and how did you work through those or are you facing any right now? Or like, how did you work through some of those big hurdles that come even in the shape of like your own doubts or insecurities? Yeah. So I was going to say the biggest hurdle for me really is my own doubt and insecurities. And, you know, it comes and goes in waves of like, um, you know, oh, I can do this, I can do this, and then, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of it is, like, looking at my traffic or something, and if there's a little lull, like, the summer, for example, there's always a lull. People are outside, they're not, like, online looking at food. So it's depressing. You look at your analytics, and you're like, oh, my gosh, nobody's coming to my site, I'm not going to make it, this is a waste of my time. It's really easy to get sucked into that. Um, I guess the only way I've gotten over it is just to keep going, and to then, you know, kind of a catalyst to create something new. So if I feel that kind of like, oh, things aren't happening, I can take a really honest look at myself and what I'm doing and say, okay, am I giving this my all or am I cruising? Like, okay, I'm cruising. I can put my energy to better use. I can make a book. I can write an, you know, write an e-book that's going to help other food bloggers. I can, whatever, go after some more, um, like, collaborations with brands. And so... You know, I know what I need to be doing. It's yeah. not that I always make myself do it. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I think a lot of times we do know what we need to do, and it's the executing that is where we fall short. So, like you Absolutely. said, just keep going. Just keep trucking. Yeah. yeah, and be honest with yourself. Like, you know, I'm in a position right now of like, okay, the site's doing fine, but I'm, I have some extra time, and I have, like, two major projects that I'm like, I know I need to take the first step, and I'm so, I'm resisting, I'm hardcore right now, and I know that once I start them, I'll be so glad, and it'll be really beneficial for, you know, my brand and me, and anyone who's going to, you know, receive the end product, so I just need to do it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I'm on the precipice, I mean, even though this will be um, a later episode, but... um, I'm still in the process of launching my podcast and, and similar resistance that comes with any new product. I think no one really mm-hmm. knows how much, um, how much care and thought goes into it. And at the same time, how much resistance and, um, just gosh, roadblocks all over the place to getting these things out there. So each one is its yeah. own little victory, which, yeah, I, I love that yeah. aspect of it. I think it's, it's really important also, like, you know, I, I know a lot of online entrepreneurs, you know, just kind of have this, like, work, 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 work mentality of, like, getting things out there, but, you know, and then that, that, that like, having that end goal as the, like, once I get 
there, I can celebrate. But I think it's really important to celebrate those little victories. Like, you know, okay, I did this one little thing to make my site look better. And that's a big thing. Like, <laughs> celebrate the little, the little bits that are going to help you in the long run. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's so true. Because if we don't, then we're... <laughs> it's going to be a long road. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So. It's going to happen super quickly for most people. I'm not, so... Yeah, yeah. Be happy in the process. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not just about food blogging, people. Just... <laughs> true, yeah. <laughs> so, do you ever feel like you you wake up and you don't want to do cooking and picture taking and online tweaking or is it something that you do wake up every day excited about i think for the most part i am always excited about it there i mean definitely there are days where i wake up and i'm like oh i just don't feel like you know standing in the kitchen all day and cooking and doing that if i feel that way there's always you know work online that i can do instead and i that's fine i'm really good at um you know having a day in the kitchen and then having a day on the computer and i'm scheduled my work week in such a way that I only cook two days a week and so I'm in the kitchen two days a week and I'm you know my brain works that way like segmented like okay today's a kitchen day I don't need to worry about anything online I just cook and photograph and then the next day I know okay I don't need to worry about cooking a darn thing (laughs) I'm just doing computer work so that works really well for me yeah that's I think that's a good way well and the fact that being your own boss you know, you do have to create some kind of schedule or structure that works for you. So, I mean, yeah, that's a yeah. huge part and it's of definitely it. a process. Like, I used to cook, I used to cook one thing every day. And so I'd get up and, like, have to maybe go to the grocery store and then cook it and then photograph it and then do my computer work. And I realized after a long time that wasn't really working for me. <laughs> more days than I'd like to admit. I'd be like, oh, I just can't cook something today. I have too much, like, other stuff I want to do. Um, and so now, with only cooking two days a week, and it's planned out, like, a month in advance, I know what I need to get at the grocery store, like, beforehand, so I can wake up, go into the kitchen, get it all done, and it's, like, it's just way more efficient and way more sane for me. Yeah, holy cow. Well, that's, and that's a beautiful part of being in the process and, and letting it kind of unfold as you figure things out along the way. Um, yeah. Do you ever find it hard to be self-motivated as you're kind of in your own world and no one's telling you what to do and by when and all those things? Or have you gotten pretty good at monitoring yourself? I think for the most part, I'm pretty good at, um, at monitoring myself. But kind of like we were talking about, like getting that extra motivation for like a, a bigger project. You know, it's really, it's easy to just cruise sometimes, and that's where sometimes I struggle with um, being my own boss, because it's like, okay, I could keep cruising along, but that's not where the growth is going to happen, and that's not where I'm providing the most value, so I do need a little extra kick in the pants sometimes to be like, okay, start on that next project, or, you know, take this to the next level, um, but I don't know, I guess, you know, for the most part, it's, I've found motivation enough to make these products come to life so yeah so yeah. Nice. do you and when you do need that kick in the pants where do you go for inspiration are you are you into books or meditating or youtube videos or what's your kind of like go to wake me up get me going kind of thing yeah well okay 
question. I don't know if I've ever pinpointed that. And maybe if I did, I would be more motivated. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I, I, I do meditate. I'm not sure that's where my inspiration comes from, though. Um, I, I guess I turn to other bloggers, really. I look at their, you know, what they're doing and, and what they're accomplishing, and, and I'll dive into whatever they've created, and that really inspires me to see these other, they're mostly women, food bloggers, but sometimes men, see these other, other women, like, creating amazing things, and from there, I'm like, okay, they can do it, I can do it too. Nice. Or, the biggest thing I've found that's really kicking the pants is going to conferences, and I've only been to two, but the first one I went to last year, a year ago, um, in Kansas City was Go Blog Social, and it was only the second year, and it you know, not a huge conference, and it's not food-specific, but it was so inspiring. I met all these wonderful people and heard so many great speakers and made some really great blogging friends, mm. and that was like, oh my gosh, so inspiring. Everyone's like, you can do it. We're so supportive, and they're, you know, rooting for you, and now I have blogging friends, which I didn't have before, who I can bounce ideas off of and, and have really honest conversations. Um, there's kind of this, like, weird secrecy, I feel like, in, in the blogging world of, like, I'm not going to share how I make my money uh, and how much money I make because that's private, and, and it's hurtful. Not hurtful, but it's, like, it doesn't help other bloggers. Right. So there's only a few resources online, like <clears throat> Shabian that I mentioned earlier. They post the income report every single month, and it's super detailed. It says every single way they make money and, like, things that weren't working for them. And I'm still grateful for that. And then for my blogging friends who have those conversations with me as well, like, okay, this is the company I pitched and I asked for this much and they agreed to this much. And it's like, okay, okay, you can do that. I can do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, community is so important. That's huge. Yeah, it is. And and I love... Oh, go ahead. Like, in such an, an online world, I think it's really easy to feel like an individual and a lot of people also feel like it's a competition and it's so clear to me now that it is not a competition. Like the more you collaborate and the more you're helping your other fellow bloggers or podcasters or whatever niche you're in, the better it is for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's actually something I've been writing about a lot in my own space, um, which I actually should publish some of it on my blog but that idea of competition that I love that you go to other bloggers and you don't fall into the, ugh, they're doing it and I'm not, which, which I think is very easy to fall into. But instead you see it and see potential and see what's possible is right. such a different mindset. And, and in the dance world where I spend a lot of time, that's been a very intentional effort where I see other dancers and instead of getting intimidated or depressed that I'm not as good as they are um, to just acknowledge it and say wow that's beautiful and and because you're doing it it means that I could do it too you know and and to let that be part of the mindset versus you know the depressing (laughs) other side of it Um, yeah absolutely and that makes you know not only is that beneficial for for them to like not you know, have you as a as a hater out there, but it just makes you feel so much better to like, you know, not have that constant battle of like competition. But that just it's no fun to be competing all the time. At least for me, some people might like that. 
It's true. <laughs> Just, yeah. But I agree. It's It can be pretty draining if that's our entire focus. So right. good yeah. on you for not falling into that trap. Um, so how do you feel like being in this kind of work, getting to do what you actually love and care about and explore and learn um do you think that's affected other areas of your life besides just your work life and if so how I think it's helped me perhaps be a little more courageous and maybe listen to myself better I think in the last couple of years and and maybe this is from blogging maybe it's from my increased um yoga practice I don't know but I've really learned to listen to myself and like honor what I need and what I want out of life because sometimes it's really hard to like honestly admit like this is what I want or this is what I don't want and like this is working for me or this is not working for me and then to make the changes in your life that you need to make in order to like actually follow your heart so you know it's it definitely has helped me it helps me go after what I want, I guess, because, you know, there's no one else doing it for me. I have to do it. So yeah. I think it's similar in a very small way, but for anyone who's moved into their first apartment, all of a sudden, nothing gets done unless you do it. Right. <laughs> like, there's no one around to take out the trash. <laughs> yeah, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I own my life. This is my space, and if I don't decorate it, if I don't take care of it, if I don't foster and nurture what it is that I want, no one else is going to do that for you, especially not in a corporate job or a, a cookie cutter job. Yeah, and you like you can't um, you can't blame anyone else when you're doing your own thing. Like, you, I mean, I suppose you could you could say, oh, you know, people aren't coming to my site because you know it's not whatever advertised somewhere else or publicized. But really, that's that's nobody's fault. Like, you have to take responsibility for every single thing that's happening to your brand or that you know you're doing with your brand. Um, and you can't you can't put that on anyone else. So it takes a lot of personal responsibility. Yeah, that might be the bane of most people's stagnancy is that victim conversation and that it's someone else's fault and it's my boss's this that didn't give me a raise or blah, 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 doing this on your own. (laughs) There is really no one else to blame for good or for bad. For a lot of people who are on kind of the entrepreneurial or freelance side of things, you know, there's, there's a driving force behind it. There's that mission, there's... Um, like you were saying that now that it's turning into more serving people and being of use, do you feel like you've crafted kind of like a mission statement or this theme that drives your work now? I think I'm honestly still working on that. I think I could do a better job of refining my mission, but I have in the last maybe six months kind of narrowed it to like keeping my food acceptable, working with real like whole food and inspiring people to get in the kitchen. It sounds kind of silly, but I think the world could really use more home cooks. I think a lot of supply issues, uh, water issues, just kind of general like political debates going on at the moment could be alleviated. And this might seem like a stress to a lot of people, but by people taking responsibility for their food. People Mm -hmm. knowing where it comes from, people making it themselves, caring about, you know, the quality and, you know, the effect it's going to have on other people and the world. And so if we're a little more conscious about our food, 
I think the world will be a better place. And so, not that I think I'm saving the world by being a lawyer, but if I can inspire people to get into the kitchen and use the real food, then I feel like that's kind of my goal. Yeah, it makes so much sense, that whole thought process that you just shared. And of course, getting in touch with your food, I mean, I've done a lot of cooking myself, and I actually am the head cook for a, a summer camp for a few weeks each summer. And it's just so fun to to see how that process of getting dirty and getting in there with the food and and then being able to fuel other people and give back in that way, it's so rewarding and so fulfilling, and yet so many people miss that by having the easy takeout dinner and the, it's all connected, but our whole culture of instant gratification and the constant partial attention, it's all related. And, and the quality of our food, I think you could draw a line of quality of food to quality of thought and quality of life. Um, yeah, no, so, I, I agree. Definitely. And it's, you know, cooking, <laughs> I can, I can just hear people being like, what are you talking about? But I think <laughs> cooking is really great um, as a teacher for people like to be more creative, to problem solve, to just, you know, have some critical thinking skills. And, you know, maybe it's a small thing, but I think enhancing any of those skills in ourselves is really important. And if cooking is a way to do it, then we should all be cooking. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like it's a sport where some people can and some people can't. I think it's, it's a very learnable, accessible skill and I love that your your blog really does make it easy I mean the food looks amazing first of all but when you really look at the breakdown of a lot of your recipes like they're super doable and and what a cool way to bring like curry food to someone who's never cooked curry or you know baking yeah. or whatever it is um there's definitely yeah. yeah some really neat correlations there so I don't I don't think you're far off at all and I think your blog <laughs> for what it's worth, will will alleviate some of that, you know, table by table, kitchen by kitchen. So, um, yeah. well, tell me a little bit, if you, if you have any that come to mind, um, you know, any stories or mo- like learning lessons along the way that have been, I guess, like key turning points for you or, or anything along the way, because I know it's not just work and cranking it out it's a lot of self-discovery and and things along the way but were there any kind of bigger moments watershed moments for you that you'd like to share hmm, big moments. well so pretty early on I guess in um in the kitchen paper you know I was reading all these you know blogs about how to launch your own business and and all this other stuff and everyone's like have to get a product out there. You have to get a product out there. Like, doesn't that much content you're putting on your blog? You have to get a product. So I was like, okay, I gotta got get a product. <laughs> so I um, I wrote a cookbook that I self-published on my blog, and um, it was definitely the biggest challenge as far as just motivating myself. Like, it wasn't very hard to do. It just was a matter of making myself do it. Mm-hmm. And it was such a lesson in just getting something done because. Literally weeks after I self-published it on my blog, a publisher contacted me and was like, we want to buy this and pay you money to just republish it again in a year. Oh. And I had already done the work, so it wasn't like, you know, a, I had to do much more. It was just being recognized for what I'd already done. And that was a huge lesson for me of like, just get your work out there. Just do it. Don't, mm. don't dilly-dally. Just make it. Man. 
I mean, that's definitely speaking to me right now, but I also do some coaching and um, I was actually coaching a singer last week and I asked her if she had any videos online of her singing and she said no. And it was just, it was one of those things that of course it seems scary to put it out there, the product or the book or, you know, even the blog post one by one. Um, but that is, that is huge. And once it's out there, then people can find you. And people, you didn't even know those people probably existed until they called you. So Exactly, yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's no way to foresee that, but you'll never know if, if it's not out there, so. Right, yeah, and then I find myself sometimes thinking, oh, I know I'm great, like, they'll just come to me because, you know, I'm awesome. But the reality <laughs> is, yeah, you might be great, but you have to still put something great out there for other people to see it, because they're not going to read your brain, so. yeah. Yeah. Get it out. Get it out there. Shoot. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's another key point of, um, you know, you know your potential and you, I'm sure you have visions of other projects that you want to create and things you want to do, but it, I mean, there's a, there's a saying that I grew up with, with a woman on the radio who used to say, you don't date based on potential. You date based on reality. <laughs> And, yeah. and brands don't find you based on your potential. They, they find you and want to, quote-unquote, date you, um, work with yeah. you based on what you've put out there. So, um, it's so true, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's a huge one of how much longer do I want to keep being potential versus being, you know, an author and a speaker and a writer. And same with you. That's, it's really – I remember <laughs> – at one point, you messaged me about writing a book. I think it was when you were starting your Nut Butter book. And, um, mm-hmm. and I was just starting my first book. And I remember seeing you, you know, come up with the idea, go through it, get it out there, and get it published all before my first book came out. And it was such a good reminder. Every post that you did, I was like, I need to keep working. It was so awesome, though. And it was, it was really inspiring, you know, to have that kind of, you didn't even realize it, but that process was no, inspiring. I had no idea. Yeah, it was, I'm sure, and I wasn't the only one, I'm sure there were many others, but, um, you know, like the quote from Marianne Williamson, the more that you shine, it, it gives others permission to do the same. So I have a feeling you don't even know the reaches and the ripple effect of your work, but that's the point of getting into that work versus staying. If you were still at your old job, you know, none of this would be even relevant so great good good job for quitting way to be (laughs) (laughs) yay (laughs) so kind of a a side question but where do you feel like your brain is going to take you where what do you see for your blog or for yourself in the next year three years five years so Yeah. 
build a niche that you know needs to be filled in the cookbook world. Um, and it came together really easily, and um, I love doing it. So I'm taking out a few ideas for what what could my next one be? Maybe specific again, or maybe kind of more generic. I don't know. And then I've also been kicking around the idea. Um, so I just I got my yoga teaching certificate a couple of months ago, and I just started teaching here in Portland. Oh, nice. And um, I know of at least one other food blogger who she just ran her first food and yoga retreat, which is awesome. I mean, it combines, oh. like, everything that she loves, everything that I love. I'm like, oh, maybe I could kind of go down that road and start putting together events that, that might be either food-centric or yoga-centric or both. So Ooh. I'm not sure. You know, I'm excited to see where the road goes. It, it could go any number of places. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of it. and. Oh, so many opportunities. And if you do do a food and yoga retreat, let me know because I totally want in. <laughs> I will definitely let you know. <laughs> um, so we're heading towards the wrap-up here, but what do you do, you know, as Mary Warrington when she's not blogging and posting and working online? I well, I do a lot of yoga, as I mentioned. Um, I like to be outside, so I spend a lot of time, uh, you know, hiking, or I have, I've been living in Asia for a year, so I haven't been running, but traditionally, when I'm in the U.S., I uh, spend a lot of time running and um, exploring outside. I don't know. I like, to, I like to just explore my surroundings, go try brunch places and explore the city and be with friends. Pretty mm. normal stuff, I guess. Nice. And we talked a little bit about who inspires you, but in a in a big scale beyond food bloggers, you know, what are some of the the books or the authors that you found helpful along the way? Yeah, so I actually just finished Oprah's book. Um, I think it's things I know or what I know for sure. Yeah, things I know for sure. And I think I was I think you were quote from that while well, I was reading it a few weeks ago. I loved that book. It was like a huge kick in the pants of just being authentic and and listening to yourself and going after what you need and like not being afraid to take those leaps. I love. I seriously think I should read that book like every other week. So, <laughs> nice. Another book I've been reading recently is um, you know it's definitely not like in the business world, but it's called uh, The Great Work of Your Life. It's by Stephen Cope, hmm. and it's really I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of dharma, but in in yoga or in Hinduism, dharma is kind of like what what your purpose is, what you should be doing. Not necessarily, it doesn't have to be like your one vocation for your whole life. It could be at any given moment. Your dharma is to, you know, take care of someone else or, or make this great thing to put out into the world or, you know, whatever. Your dharma can change a lot. Okay. But this book just explores all these people that um, they were all familiar with, like Jane Goodall and um, I'm trying to think, just other famous names throughout history. Um, and it's really inspiring to see how people maybe fight fight their drama for a while and then recognize it and then go after it. And just thinking about my own purpose. Yeah. Um, I've really enjoyed that. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll put all these in the show notes, too, so that other people can research if they'd like to. Yeah. And what would you say, what are you most grateful for today? Oh, today I am grateful for my family. 
just moved back to the States. I'm relying on my family quite a bit at the moment, and they are welcoming me with open arms and so much support, and I am just over the moon grateful for my family. Hmm, love that. And before we totally wrap up, where can we, can we find you online, and, and what's the best way to connect with you? You can find me at thekitchenpaper.com, and then my handle is thekitchenpaper across all social media. So Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. I'm actually on Snapchat now, which I feel like a total old lady. Like, I have no idea how to work it, but I'm there. Awesome. All right. And my last question for you is what's your definition of living your dance? I think I've probably said this multiple ways over the last hour, but my definition of living your dance is to really listen to your soul and like listen to that really deep, honest, authentic self and then honor it. You know, don't fight it, but honor what your soul says it needs. Hmm. Yeah, stop fighting yourself. (laughs) Do what you need to do in your dharma. I love it. Well, Mary, this has been such an eye-opening and inspiring, even practical time with you. I'm so grateful that we had the time to connect, and and I'm, I'm so grateful that you've been inspiring me over the years online and that we can continue to be in touch and to support each other on our journeys. But you are inspiring me, and I'm sure so many other people online and for having the courage to do what you do because it's it's having a much bigger effect than I'm sure any of us are aware of. So, and thank you for being thank on the you. show. Yeah, I'm so glad to have been here. It's always, you know, it's nice to talk about this out loud because honestly, I don't all the time like talk about how I'm approaching my business from, you know, the kind of philosophical standpoint and it's really beneficial for me to work through that <laughs> how I'm approaching it. Well, good. I'm glad this was a good thing for both. And if you want to follow Mary, please find her online. And obviously, she's up to big things and some fun projects to come. So she's definitely a good and delicious person to follow. (laughs) For sure. Well, thanks a lot for being on the show. And to everyone else, have an amazing day and live your dance. Well, there you have it. Thanks again for listening and be sure to like, share, and comment on the podcast or around social media. Hashtag live your dance and look forward to more episodes coming your way. Have a great day and be sure to live your dance.